And now, more sports and torts with David Spada and Elliot Heron. Elliot, we're going to be getting to our next guest in a moment. He won six SEC championships while coaching at Georgia, won a national championship there. He's a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. He's also a renowned gardener. He's written several children's books. Hold it. A renowned gardener? A renowned gardener. Okay. He does it all. He's a renaissance man. Vince Dooley. How are you doing, Vince? I'm doing good. Yeah. Everything's great except down here in Atlanta. They're not so happy after what happened last night in baseball to the Braves. Oh, they pay attention to that stuff down there in Atlanta? Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't you can't help but doing that. So we're pulling for them. But uh, that's all uh, makes the excitement of sports, I guess. I mean, you had two extra inning games for the team's point for getting in the playoffs. You had the uh, Buc- or T- Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay <laughs> Devil Rays come back against the Yankees, and then you had the Braves again playing yeah. neck and neck yeah. with. But that was one of the historic collapses by the Braves. Yeah, it goes along with some of the great ones over the over the years. There's been others. Though so, uh, I've always been a Cardinal fan, but in this case. I'm a Braves fan because I'm down here. But anyway, college football is here, too. So if you want to talk about that, I'm sure. Well, just a little bit. You, in that, you know, just you may know a little something about it just by osmosis being around all that stuff. Well, I've spent 25 years as a coach, and I've spent 25 years as the athletic director and spent all that time in the Southeastern Conference. So I do know a little bit about uh at least football in this area of the country. So 50 years at Georgia, did you get your gold watch? Uh, say again, gold watch. Did you get a gold watch after 50 no, years at Georgia? No, I think uh, Bear Bryant got that when he was in Kentucky <laughs> and won a championship. But Adolph Rupp, the basketball coach who won a championship, got a uh, Cadillac. So that's why Coach Bryant left and uh, went to uh, Texas A&M, they tell me. <laughs> uh, but you went from, let's see, Alabama, you were born... You played at Auburn, coached there, and then you go to Georgia. I mean, what is it there? You've been all around the South. Well, it's just one of those unusual things uh, that uh, that happen. Uh, you're right. I am from Mobile, Alabama, originally. I did play at Auburn. Went to the Marine Corps for a couple of years, came back and coached there. And uh, it's just one of those things that fell into place uh, at a very young age. I was 31. Uh, but uh, the circumstances were such that the athletic director had the uh, – the power to go ahead and name the coach, uh, and uh, he named me, I think, to the shock of uh, the Bulldog, the Georgia Bulldog Nation. Uh, but nevertheless, I've said many times that based on my qualifications at the time as an athletic director, which I was for 25 years, I would have never hired myself. <laughs> but there's beauty in youth, and uh, that was the it was a great thing. I looked back on it now and realized my wife and I were the only two that thought it was a good hire. <laughs> now, obviously, you must have learned something playing for and then being a, an assistant under Shug Jordan at Auburn. Yeah, I was very fortunate to uh, to have been in an area where there were a lot of great coaches uh, growing up as an assistant. I got my base training under Shug Jordan, who was a great coach at Auburn for 25 years. At the same time, Bear Bryant was at Alabama. Bobby Dodd was at Georgia Tech, two great old legends, and I always scouted those two teams. Uh, I was head scout, so primarily in order to learn from them. So I think being around the influence of a lot of great coaches at the time was a tremendous help to me in my career. 
Now, you've coached your entire career at Georgia. Will that ever happen again? It seems like coaches bounce around all over the place. Yeah, it's, I think it's a different. It's, it's going to be very difficult for uh, anybody to stay at uh, at one school 25 years like I did. We had quite a few at the time. Brian did at Alabama, Shug Jordan at Auburn, and Joe uh, Paterno was probably the last of the Mohicans uh, because of uh, – the way college football is. And of course, salary is a part of that. Uh, I remember when I came, I still got my first contract. My base salary was 12000 I had a $2,500 subsistence. I uh, negotiated my own television contract, which actually was $100 a show, 10 shows, $1,000. So my total package was fifteen five. My son, who is uh, coaching at Tennessee, uh, probably will make more money as a football coach in two or three years than I made in 25. So that adds to the fact that the tenures are not as long as they used to be. But well, you, you don't have to worry about that next job. You have a little cushion there, too, financially at least. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. So they move around quite a bit, but uh, they can make enough money that uh, uh, they'll be ready for the next job. But I was very fortunate to have been at one place, great school, great institution for uh, 40 years, and I'm I'm still there, as a matter of fact. What do you think about all this realignment here with A&M going to the SEC, and they're talking about Texas moving? Talking about Missouri. Missouri moving. What do you think about all this? Well, uh, it's, uh, it's happened before, perhaps more so now. Uh, our conference at one time, when I went into the conference, uh, was 12. Georgia Tech and Tulane were in the conference. They both got out, and then we were 10 teams, and then we added two more. We added Arkansas and South Carolina, who have been great members of the conference. Uh, and uh, so it's been that way for 40-something years. Uh, and now A&M, which will be a tremendous uh, member of the conference, uh, both uh, from a football athletic standpoint and also from an academic standpoint. Uh, now it's that uh, uh, the conference finds another school because I think it's important to have the, the balance in order to have the, uh, the east-west uh, alignment and the championship games that uh, we have in our How did the SEC rise to such prominence? I mean, if season after season after season – they're the best football conference around. Is it the athletes, the coaches, the the water? Well, yeah. Athletes, of course. It, you know, I think we've uh, been very fortunate to have a lot of good athletes, and uh, everybody plays outdoors most all the time, all year round, uh, and that may add to it. Uh, and there's great passion uh, in the southeast, as there is in other places, of course, but I think that uh, even more so in the uh, uh, in the southeast and all of these uh, where football is, uh, I mean, it's uh, almost like a religion, I guess, in some respects on Saturday. Uh, and uh, you've got stadiums, all of them uh, have stadiums very, very close to uh, 100,000. Uh, Tennessee is 105, I think. Alabama's over 100. Georgia's uh at 94 uh, and could go more, Auburn about the same way. And so all of these uh, schools, uh, football has long been important, but uh, more so now than ever before. You had a pretty good running back in Herschel Walker. Do you think there was ever a better running back in college football than him? 
Well, I think he's a pure running back, uh, and I'm prejudiced, but I really think he is the best uh, because he had, first of all, uh, world-class speed. I mean, it was incredible the speed that he had was gifted with. Uh, and secondly, great strength. And the third uh, element, which was an intangible element, was uh, was this incredible self-discipline and mental toughness uh, that I think separates uh, him from all of the ones that uh, that I've ever seen. I've seen, I've had some that had better moves; they could stop, start, twist, and turn, and all of that uh, more so than Herschel, but never one that combined all those three things in. Uh, in one uh, in package like uh, like Herschel. Now, when you were recruiting him, did you think to yourself, "Here's a guy that can lead me to uh, a national championship"? Uh, I thought this was a player that was going to be great. I wasn't sure how fast he was going to be great, but I knew he was going to be great uh, because of the fact that they had uh, because of that speed. But he was playing in the smallest division in the whole state, a little town called Riceville. So I didn't know how long it was going to take him to make the adjustment, but I can assure you it took him very a short period of time in the first ball game, and he exploded uh, in that, that ball game against Tennessee, and then that team went on to become uh, undefeated and uh, become the national champions that year in 1980. How hard is it to win a national championship? Everything's got to fall into place, and it is hard, but somebody's got to win it. So it's that particular team that's really good that, that that particular year it all falls into place. There's such a thin line between teams and between uh, coaches. Uh, and I think that's another reason that football has been really good in the South. There's been a long tradition of that. There are great coaches around the country, but certainly uh, there's been a lot of them here in the Southeast. But uh, it's got to be that year in which it all falls into place. And you're not having... Uh, repeat championships uh, as you used to have. Uh, that is, uh, one year after the next. Uh, you don't see that uh, now because there are just too many good teams. So it's got to be that year that the ball bounces just right in a particular game that will make the difference. Now, was Herschel the best player that you coached? Yeah, he was the most productive player that uh, I coached. And I thought and I do think that if he had stayed his fourth year, and uh, circumstances prevented him from staying his fourth year, but if he had stayed, he would have set a rushing record that I think nobody in the country would uh, ever have touched. Even now, when he only did it for three years, and all the others that are ahead of him did it for four, he's still maybe sixth or seventh all-time rusher, and he did that in three years. I see that you're a Civil War buff. How did you get so interested in the Civil War? Well, I enjoy history. Always have enjoyed history, and uh, when I was, even when I was coaching, I audited classes. One of the great things about living around a university, if you got a curiosity about anything, you can satisfy it as an expert on everything. So I would go, even when I was coaching, and maybe take a course in military history, uh, leadership, or something that would kind of stimulate my mind that I could relate to the football into the next. Okay, I think we lost him. You still there? Gardening. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, and uh, so I've done that, and then, and uh, after I retired, I started writing some books on on different things. Okay, how'd you get into gardening? Well, just by going and, and sitting in on a class. I was always curious about trees and plants. No background, so I'm an inspiration to anybody. 
uh, that wants to be a gardener ought to write a book on gardening. So I sat in on a class, and one class led to another that led to another. Um, so it's uh, just fun. There is a great joy in learning, and I enjoy I enjoy learning. And I always said it's a great way to go to school. You go in there, listen to the lectures, take notes, and when the exam comes, get up and wish all the students good luck. You don't have to take them. You don't fall asleep in class like you did when you were in college, huh? Well, absolutely not. Now, I wish I, I wish I could go back. I would have been a much better student uh, uh, now than I was was then. Did you have a, a rose named after you, or you developed a certain kind of rose? Well, no, it's not a rose. That's uh, misleader. I actually, I've got a hydrangea named after me. Uh, it's called hydrangea macrophylla duly, and then there's a camellia also named after me. And that was thanks to uh, Dr. Michael Durer, who's kind of the guru of woody plants and trees. And then the, the camellia, the National Camellia Society, is down around Fort Valley, Georgia. And a couple of bulldog uh, fanatics who love camellias decided to name a camellia after me. So do you, do you develop these strains of flowers, or how, how do you get a flower named after you? Well, I think it's just more by knowing somebody. The right people? Other than me uh, being an expert hybridizer, uh, it's, it's just that uh, people appreciate the people in the uh, in the nursery industry appreciate my interest uh, in uh, horticulture, and uh, so from that standpoint, I've been a good ambassador for them, and I think in return they've named uh, the hydrangea and the camellia after me. Okay, do you grow vegetables at all? Well, my wife keeps saying that. Uh, uh, and uh, I got a, my good friend said, why don't you grow something you can eat, mostly ornamental. I've, I tried to start doing it, and my wife has not been impressed with the vegetables that I've grown. <laughs> I'm mostly with it, I can assure you. Just keep Dennis the Menace out of your garden. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of those around, I can assure you that. That's a constant problem. And you write kids' books, I see, about the Georgia Bulldog. Uh yeah, it's kind of a fun book. It's uh, it, it, and it's always popular. There are two of them called uh, one is How About Them Dogs, uh, and that's uh, Harry Dog's journey during the uh, during game day. He goes to the bookstore and tailgating and his dog walk. And then the other one is uh, Harry Dog's journey around the Peach State before the season starts. He gets in his dog mobile and drives all over the state. So it's been fun. Wonderfully illustrated. And uh, and the great thing about it is that uh, they they are always popular because people keep having children and grandchildren. <laughs> and the players probably could read them too, right? Say again. The players at Auburn could probably read those books too in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, uh, maybe not. Maybe not at Alabama. <laughs> Might be too difficult for them. I won't say. <laughs> I see that you're a Democrat and your wife's a Republican. That makes for an interesting household. Yeah, we kind of cancel each other off. I'm really kind of a, a what you might call a conservative Democrat. I'm a, a Southern Democrat, the old uh, Southern Democrat, which is pretty conservative. Um, and my wife uh, is even uh, more conservative, and she is a conservative Republican. So, uh, we, uh, from that standpoint, we cancel each other out. So politics isn't a uh, a dinner conversation topic. 
Uh, no, my wife is very much into it. She's got a radio show that she does, and she interviews a lot of people. She ran for office at, or herself a couple of times. Fortunately, she got to beat in one of those circumstances uh, that she should have won, and it just it happened that she didn't. That was probably good news that she didn't. Uh, but uh, anyway, we've, uh, she's very active, and I am too, and, and politics is part of it. I mean, politics is big in the South. Just like football is. Oh yeah, uh, it is, and uh, just like uh, just like football and a lot of other things too. So uh, we enjoy it very much. So we appreciate you coming out. We got to get to our next guest after break. Someone you coach against, probably Howard Schnellenberger. Oh, we all go back. We all have great fun. Howard just retired, so tell him I said congratulations. He's one of the one of the greats, and we uh, we enjoyed he and his wife. Get to know them all. Thank you very much for your time, Mr. Oh, Dooley. Man. It was a pleasure talking to you. That was Vince Dooley, College Football Hall of Famer, won a national championship for Georgia, and again, he does it all. Gardens, writes books. I don't know. Civil where, War book. Yeah, I'm impressed. He knows more than football, obviously. He's a renaissance man. And we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get to a gentleman who's still coaching in his last year at Fort Atlantic, former coach of Miami, Louisville, the assistant coach of the Dolphins, Howard Schnellberger. Stay tuned.